risen. Uh, welcome to Bethel. Uh, it's the power of the resurrection. Today we want to talk about Jesus. Um, he is hope. I want to welcome you if this is your first time or if you've been here a long time. Uh, you learn about Bethel is that it's always about Jesus. It starts with Jesus, ends with Jesus. And we have nothing more to talk about than Jesus. And today I want to invite you into a participation to participate in the hope that we have in Jesus. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you've been, no matter what your life experience is, Jesus is hope. And no matter what life has thrown your way, uh, Jesus can give you hope and Jesus can give you peace. Uh, no matter your losses, Jesus is the hope. And uh, actually, when we were watching this, uh, this video, all of our faith, everything hinges on the power of the resurrection. Like, our faith is about the resurrection. If it wasn't for the resurrection, uh, we wouldn't be here this morning, because if it wasn't for that moment when Jesus was buried and then walked out of the grave alive, uh, we would not be here. Today, we want to express and we want to share that Jesus died for you. Um, he took your place on the cross. Uh, because of the cross, you are forgiven. Um, he died, and everything changed when he walked out of the grave. Um, hell actually no longer can claim you because of that moment that Jesus died, was buried, and rose on the cross. The enemy was defeated. The grave no longer has a play, is a place of fear. The resurrection of Jesus actually promises eternity with God. The resurrection promises your resurrection. I wonder if we ask ourselves if you actually thought about it intellectually, but also in your heart, how is it possible that a man could have died and then walk out alive? This is God's plan. If you look in eternity past, this was God's plan from the beginning that Jesus would give his life for humanity. God created everything, and in the moment of creation, he established man as kind of the pinnacle of his creation, and man has been choosing along the way to go his own way. Scripture says that every man, every woman chooses their own path and goes their own way, and God knew that it would be impossible for man to connect with an all-powerful God without a way. And so Jesus, 2,000 years ago, we've been celebrating this for 2,000 years, Jesus came to this earth he lived a perfect life. He took, upon, took the sin upon his shoulders, and he reconnected God with man through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection. Jesus actually has been pursuing mankind since the beginning of time. Jesus is the one that's been calling us into a relationship with himself. And Jesus, who is man, came into the world that he created as a man, and he took on all of our sins on himself. He walked on this planet experiencing humanity. He experienced loss. He experienced heartache, and he experienced the effects of sin, but he never sinned, but he became sin for us. And when he died on the cross, he took my place. He died. He was buried, and then on the third day, he walked out alive from the grave. We look through scripture and we see that Jesus is fully God. We can trust him. Jesus became man so we can identify with him. And then Jesus took my place on the cross and he was buried. In that moment, scripture says that he became the God man, fully God, fully man. And right now he is king of kings and he sits on the throne and he's calling you into a relationship with him. This morning we want to sing about that king, king of kings, Jesus. Go ahead and have a seat. Let me pray for you this morning. God, we are so grateful for Jesus on that, that day when you stepped into um, the grave and then came out and, is the, and are now the King of Kings. God, we can't thank you enough for that day that you came out of the grave but then called us 
to partner with you and to, to walk out of the grave as well. God, I pray that this morning as we look at your word, as we look at scripture, that you would guide our hearts and our minds and that uh, we would see that there is power in the resurrection and that power is available to us today, all these years later. That very power that rose Jesus from the dead is the power that can redeem us and save us from our sin. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for that day that you walked out of the grave and we celebrate that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 3. There's only two verses we're going to read today. <clears throat> and I want to start by talking about um, power. Um, when I was a kid, this is total transparency, okay? I'm not saying this is right. If there's little kids, just plug your ears for just a second, okay? Because when I was a kid, I had this, like, attraction to, like, blowing things up. I had this attraction to, like, detonate things. Um, and luckily, I didn't have access to a whole lot of you know, explosives, because it would have been really, really bad. Um, kind of the extent of my explosives were a box of matches that you could light them all at once, and it would kind of blow up. Uh, totally dangerous, totally get yourself in trouble. Do not do that, okay? But there's something about when, you're, when you grow up and you begin to experience the world, there's an attraction to power. There's like an attraction to powerful things. Like the first time that you see an engine and you hear that engine roar, you, you're kind of like attracted to that power. Or maybe, maybe you have a, a lawnmower, one of those riding lawnmowers, or maybe even a push one, and you realize that underneath there's these blades that are just taking the grass out. It's kind of like, ooh, don't stick your finger under there. I mean, there's some power there that'll take you out, right? Uh, maybe you went to the ocean for the first time and you saw a wave come and maybe you went in and actually experienced the power, the uncontrollable power of a wave. I mean, it is ridiculous. Or, or possibly you see in Oklahoma, we have these tornadoes, you know, we're in tornado season and you see this awesome power of a tornado until it gets real close and you want to run and hide. Uh, there's something about life and there's something about power that is attractive, and once you realize and you experience a specific power, nature, or possibly something created by mankind, like the first time you encountered a bear, has anybody ever encountered a bear? It's like, ooh, that is like some power, right? Or a bull, like a bull that's really upset. Oklahoma, you got buffaloes. I mean, it is like you encounter a natural force, and there's something attractive, but then there's also something that's like, whoa, whoa, right? Uh, if you're in the ocean and you see a fish bigger than you, it's almost like, whoa, right? Has anybody experienced that? Oh, maybe not. Maybe it's just me. There's something about power, power of gravity, the power of electricity. It, there's something about the power, and from the beginning of time, man has been searching for not only how to harness nature's power, but also in awe of different power. Have, have you ever experienced the power of emotion? Like emotion that's so powerful that is overwhelming, or, or possibly a good song where it moves you to your feet, possibly. Maybe a video, or, or when you bring your child home for the first time. Uh, Pastor Ruben's done this four times, and it probably doesn't get any like less powerful, right? This, this moment, now your wife did all the work. You just got to enjoy, right? But I mean, there's something about looking at a baby for the first time and this just overwhelming emotion that comes out of you. It's like, what makes these things powerful? Like what, what gives you pause to consider the power that is all around us? It is realizing that life is fragile. It's realizing that life can be taken away in a heartbeat. It's realizing that in our life, from birth to death, there's things that attract us. There's power that attracts us. And actually, from the beginning of time, man has been pursuing 
power. I want to talk about a power today, and I want you to consider the power of the resurrection, the power to bring something back from the dead, the power from death to life. Why should the resurrection give us pause? Like, why should the resurrection be something that should give us awe, that should give us a moment of clarity? Why is that? What about the resurrection that's attractive? Throughout the writings of the New Testament scripture, we see that it elevates and talks over and over again about a bodily resurrection of a man called Jesus, that Jesus promised resurrection to those that would follow him, those that were his followers. The story of Jesus as he dies and, and he raises from the dead has been a story that many people have uh, thinks, think is a myth, but a story from for 2,000 years that has appealed to mankind. Why? Because from the beginning, we've been looking for a way to extend life. We've been looking for a way to conquer death. We've been looking for a way to live forever. That's something that God has placed in our hearts. And Paul, uh, we're going to look at him today. He's a great apostle of the first century. He actually, from prison, wrote some words specifically about the power of the resurrection. Look, let's look at verse 10 of chapter 3 of Philippians. It says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Now, most of us just want to cut that last half off, right? We want that. We just want the power of the resurrection. But he says, I want to suffer with him and sharing with his death so that one way or another, I'll experience the resurrection from the dead. And so man has been pursuing power of all kinds. And if you look through our history, not only here in the United States, but around the world, kingdoms have risen and fallen based on power and a power struggle. We've always found and looked for a way to control either the people around us. Um, if you have children, you've tried to control your kids. They're uncontrollable, especially when you're walking through Walmart and their eyes are eye level to the candy. It's impossible to overpower them in Walmart, right? So don't take them to Walmart. That's my advice. Power over one another, the elements over man, over woman. We have been dominated by power since the beginning of creation. We've been pursuing a harnessing of power. And Paul discovered a power that is unmatched in all of creation. And this is resurrection power. The power to come back to life. So 2,000 years ago, mankind encountered a power of second chances a power of forgiveness, a power from a man that claimed to be God, that walked this earth, lived for 33 years as a human being perfectly. And then scripture says that he calmed storms, that he healed the blind, that he raised a friend from the dead, that he, in essence, was a great miracle worker. Many people saw those miracles and didn't know what it was all about. Many people despised Jesus, and it wasn't because he was a miracle worker. They despised him because he said he was God. They despised him because he came to break up all the religious structures of the day. The religious leaders of the day did not like Jesus. And I wonder if Jesus walked through the doors today, if we'd be like, mm, no, you're not welcome here. Because the religious systems are at a threat when Jesus comes in because mankind has power. And one of the, religious, one of the powers that we've, we've established is a religious power to control people into submission. But Jesus actually came to this earth and with the religious leaders, he told them they were sinners and he called people away from religion into a relationship with him. And he destroyed all the religious systems. This is the chosen one of God that would heal the wounds in the heart to heal the wounds of hatred and loss and abandonment, to heal relationships, and then to heal that deep wound 
called sin. The thing that separates us from Almighty God. Religious leaders hated Jesus because he told them that they were sinners, but they could be made right with God because he, Jesus, was the way, the truth, and the life. His greatest task was actually to reconnect us to the Father spiritually. We were spiritually disconnected from God, and Jesus came and built a bridge between God and man. But in order to do that, Jesus would have to die, and so he did. He went to the cross willingly, and then he claimed that he would come back to life. But even his followers, the very men that were his disciples, didn't believe that he would come back to life. We know this because for three days when Jesus was in the tomb, they kind of went back to life as, as, as usual. They went back to what they were doing. But when Jesus died, he poured out, God poured out his wrath on Jesus. Jesus died, he was placed in a tomb, and he did what he came to do. And it wasn't the end of the story. The enemy thought that he had won. The enemy thought that Jesus would not come back to life. Something powerful happened, though. Death could not hold Jesus. The grave could not hold Jesus. Hell could not silence Jesus. And he walked out of the tomb alive. My question for you is, why did you come to church today? You might have been just drugged to church. Um, I was a drug baby. I was drugged to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Okay, you can laugh. I mean, it's church, you know. Not so serious. But some of you were drugged to church today. Maybe the person sitting next to you drug you to church. And you're like, I don't know why I'm here. I'm just fulfilling an, an, an agreement with somebody. It's Easter anyway. I should go to church on Easter, right? And then you're like, see you at Christmas. That's, that's how a lot of us are. <laughs> why do we go to church? Why are we gathering as a church? Well, we come together, and today I want to invite you actually into a relationship that's far greater than any, any religious experience you could have. I want to invite you into a relationship with hope. I want to invite you into a relationship with eternity. I want to invite you into a relationship with the power that is found in the resurrection of Jesus alone. As we walk through this morning, my prayer is that you would, like Paul, conclude that the reason you come to church and the reason that you're gathered is to know Christ and become more like him. That's where the power lies. Um, he says there, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. This word power is the word in Greek, and it's called dunamis, which is the word for explosive power. The, word for the, the, the same word that we get for dynamite today is this original Greek word that is explosive power, something that's uncontainable. It's something that you cannot hold back. It's also where we get the word dynamic from. The power... This power, the resurrection power, cannot be bought, it cannot be earned, it cannot be given away. This, this power has the power to transform, to free, and to produce life. This power is only available through faith in Jesus. A verse before, which is verse 9, Paul himself from prison says, God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. This word faith is an active word, not just for like, oh yeah, I believe knowledge, head knowledge. It's actually a faith that's active that's a full body experience. Faith brings about four aspects of Christ's life, and we're going to look at those in these verses 10 and 11. So I'm going to read it again. It says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. There's four words that I want to highlight here. The first one is the word know. This word is more than just head knowledge. This word is more than just knowledge of facts and data. There's a lot of people that know a lot of things about the Bible, know a lot of things about, about Jesus. Scripture says that even the devil, the enemies, the demons believe in Jesus. 
It's not a simple fact of head knowledge. It's actually an experiential knowledge of Jesus, knowing him intimately. This is spending time with him and in proximity to him, knowing someone not just intellectually, but emotionally. Paul wanted to know Christ. The gospel is not this mystical, unknown, faraway thing. It's actually Jesus walked this earth and took your place on the cross. A lot of people think, oh, God is going to send people to hell. God doesn't send anyone to hell. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He wants to bring all into a relationship with him. When I know Christ, I can know his will for my life. I can know my purpose. I can understand hope. Jesus actually is the king of kings, and he wants you to know him. The second word is experience. Paul said that he wants you to, he wanted to experience the power. Now, this is kind of like the idea, if you look at a photograph of the Grand Canyon, and you look at the photograph, and it's very well taken, and you see all the canyon, it's one thing to see a picture. It's another thing to walk up to the edge of the actual Grand Canyon and look over. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, you see how awesome it is, and you see how powerful it is, and you see the, the Colorado River running through the middle of it, and you're like in awe. And so a photograph can only do something like an illusion, but actually being on the edge and understanding the Grand Canyon is different. It's a, either a forgery experience or a real experience. And Jesus said, I don't want you just to know intellectually. I want you to experience what I did on the cross and rising from the dead. We will experience the power, the raising power of Jesus when we die. But this experience is now in the fullness of God in people. Many of you are actually looking through the window. Many of you can describe what sitting at the table is. Many of you can actually describe and hear and smell what's happening around the table in relationship with God. And what Jesus said as I'm the door, and if you'll just walk through the door, you will no longer have to just see it, but you can experience it yourself and sit at the table and understand through experience who I am. The third word I want you to see is the word suffer. I grew up hearing the, word, the, the phrase, no pain, no gain. Like, you got to suffer a little bit to experience something. And that's not what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying the simple fact that I know Jesus, I can suffer or not, and it doesn't change the fact of who Jesus is. It's settled on the cross. My experience with him is settled. And actually, Jesus, Jesus promises some kind of suffering. If you know him, you're going to suffer. A lot of people want to sell you something that if you come to Jesus, your life's going to be awesome. You'll never suffer a day again in your life. You'll never get sick, and you'll be super wealthy. That is not what Jesus promised. Jesus actually promised that you would suffer. A trend among Christians today is to believe in a perfect life when we come to faith in Jesus, but Jesus never promises wealth and health. He didn't. He actually promised a cross every day, pick it up and follow him to deny yourself. The fourth word I want you to see is share. When our final breath is drawn, we'll actually be confident that we share in Christ's death. He conquered death for me, and I will not experience the eternal sting of separation from God. When we die in Christ, we will experience his resurrection. Verse 11 says, so that in one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. This is the promise of God for believers. It is, if, if this is not true, nothing about scripture is true. If Jesus didn't walk out of the grave, then we're wasting our time here today. The apostle had his eyes upon an eternity with the Savior, the risen King, Jesus. So the bottom line today is that in order to experience the power of the resurrection myself, I must deny myself. And that is completely against our culture. Our culture says find yourself and express yourself and be all about yourself. 
But actually, life tells us that it's hard. It can be stormy. Relationships always need work and attention. Forgiveness is elusive and pain is real. And life can be traumatic. There seems to be a storm after storm that grabs our attention and won't give us peace. And we want to hope in something greater than ourselves. And we want to, something to believe in and hang our future on. When we try relationships and work and play, all of it is temporary and it leaves us temporarily satisfied. Paul actually figured out something far greater. Something that would take away his fear and his distractions and, and his attempts to trample people to appease God. He encountered Jesus and his life completely changed. All the other attentions and attra- distractions around him melted away and he had his full attention on Jesus, the King of Kings. For some of you right now, life may be good. You have what you need to survive. You're happy. You're satisfied. But if you're honest with yourself, it's all just living on a string. It's all barely held together by your own power. And just in a moment, it could all go away. All it would take was just some kind of sickness or possibly some kind of accident or some kind of loss of job, and it would all be gone. And what Jesus is trying to do is Jesus is inviting you and he's inviting me into rest with him. He's inviting you to place your trust in him for things that you can't control. He's inviting you to trust him with your soul and he's trying to invite you to share in his resurrection. And so today it's very simple. He's inviting you in to a relationship with him, to know him and the power of his resurrection. Here's the thing about Jesus. He's been chasing you your whole life. He's been chasing you, and at this moment, he's calling you into a relationship with him. And like Paul, sitting in prison, he says, I want to know Christ and the power of the resurrection. Let me pray for you this morning. God, many times we think about Jesus, and he seems far away, a distant past. And and God, many times we think about the resurrection, and it's disconnected from our own experience. And yet, you're inviting us into a relationship with you because... Jesus, when you simply came, you made all darkness tremble. You made everything, the enemy flee. And when you walked out of the grave, when you walked out of the tomb alive, you sealed us with your promise so that one day, no matter what happens in this life, we can be confident that we too will experience the power of the resurrection, the dynamic and dynamite power that rose Jesus from the dead. God, our souls long to live forever, and you're inviting us into a relationship with you to live forever. It's simply at the name of Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Jesus, that's the name. That's what we're talking about today. He's the reason that we're here. His resurrection is why we can celebrate today. And, and you challenged us today to die to ourselves, which honestly doesn't sound super exciting mm. because I like me. I like all the things that I like to do. Right. But I want to tell you today that we've tried it on our own. All of us have. All of us have tried to do everything on our own. And sometimes we succeed. Every once in a while, we can pull it together. Yeah. But overall, we cannot do it on our own. And we need his help. And stepping into a relationship with Christ you not only get his presence, that means that he will never forsake you. He's always there. You don't have to do anything alone, but you also have his power. His power is with you to overcome anything you might go through. And so I challenge you today not to really look at it as dying to yourself, yes, but instead to look at it as just living for him.
devoting your life to him and everything along the way he's there with you and one of the biggest things that we get asked is like how do I step into a relationship with Jesus because there's religious ways there's um, experiential ways but Jesus is actually just saying come and when you feel the calling of the spirit it's just say yes just yielding to him giving your life to him and then saying yes I desire a relationship with you and so I can't give you a magical prayer or magical words to say but if Jesus is calling just say yes that's all you got to do is say I'm all in and say yes and today he promises that he will come in and he'll be with you until the day you step into eternity and then he'll welcome you home that's his promise and before we know him we refer to ourselves as dead really because we're just not really going anywhere we're just living for ourselves and there's nothing to us but when we come to know Christ we pass from death to life we come out of a grave into a future with hope and that's what we're gonna sing about right now the time that I came out of my grave we are so glad that you came, and we truly would love to connect with you. And the information on the seat back in front of you gives you all the ways that we can connect with you this week. We love you. Thank you so much for coming. Have a happy Easter. And here at Bethel, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow the risen Jesus. Have a great day.